always stay connected with 99.9% reliable Sky Broadband. Talk to our dedicated Switch Squad or search Sky Broadband to get started. By the end of this year, legislation is set to be in place which will allow Gardaí to use facial recognition technology which will help them catch criminals and even prevent crimes from happening. Justice Minister Helen McEntee and her department are currently drawing up this legislation which would give Gardaí the power to identify and track people in real time using CCTV. It's currently used by Europol, Interpol, the UK National Crime Agency and the US National Centre for Missing and Exploited Children. But the move towards this advanced technology isn't without controversy. Facial recognition could put more innocent people in jail especially black people. There are major concerns over just how accurate this technology really is anyway. There will have to be safeguards, codes of practice in place, people's individual privacy, uh, GDPR issues, all of this will have to be addressed and will have to be brought forward with the legislation as well. I'm Sarah Chapalak and this is In the News from the Irish Times. Today, how will Gardaí use facial recognition technology and how much are our faces already being tracked without our knowledge? Connor, you've been writing this week about the new real-time facial recognition technology that Gardaí are set to start using under this new legislation. But before we chat about the use of this tech by Gardaí, can we talk a bit about facial recognition technology in general, or FRT, as it's also known? Now, many people may not know this, but FRT is actually already within everyone's reach. One example is a website called PimEyes. Connor, you've been looking at this. So what is PimEyes and how does it work? PimEyes is one of many facial recognition websites that are now available to consumers, to basically anyone who wants to to pay a, a relatively modest fee. It uses artificial intelligence and machine learning to scan the internet for your face. So you upload a picture of yourself. It doesn't even have to be a particularly good picture and it will scan the entire internet to find other pictures of you basically by using the, the specific characteristics of your face. So basically searching, you know, the, the millions and millions and millions of images online to find out other instances where that face occurs. And it can bring back some pretty surprising results and in some cases some pretty disturbing results. So how does PIMIS sell itself? And do we know what the creator of it says it's actually for? PIMIS itself says that it's for using only on your own pictures. Um, so in, in quite lofty terms, they say this is a way to defend yourself from uh, scammers like identity theft or um, people who are trying to use your image illegally or people who are trying to infringe your copyright, for example. So it's a way they bill it of reclaiming control over your own image and to monitor your, your online presence. And that's obviously all well and good, but it doesn't take a genius to work out how this could be used for slightly more sinister or nefarious purposes. And Connor, you've tried it out on yourself. Uh, what kind of photo did you use and, and what results did you get? Yeah, I just uploaded a pretty poor quality selfie that I that I took, uploaded it and identified pictures of me online on uh, lots of different websites and and lots of different types of pictures like somewhere like from the back and the side you know it it was really remarkable how I was able to use this selfie I've uploaded to find other pictures of me and slightly unnerving 
So what I'm going to do now is I'm actually going to try and do it myself. Now, this photo that I'm uploading was only taken about a fortnight ago uh, when I was away on holiday. I don't think I look like myself in it, which is why I've specifically chosen it. Oh, and straight away, it's found me. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, it's linking straight away to the Irish Times profile. So I'm seeing Irish Times articles. Oh, there's me at a wedding. (laughs) There's another one of me at a wedding. Uh, that I've never seen before, and it's a not a good photo. <laughs> so that's a common um, theme, apparently. If if you've been to weddings and a photographer has been there, there's a good chance they will have you because wedding photographers will often upload uh, pictures to their own websites to advertise their services. So that is actually a really common uh, w- way that people find themselves on this, strangely enough. Yeah, and actually I, I clicked on the link and it has brought me through to dozens of photos from that wedding, which I did not know were online. Now, straight away, when this website searches my face, it straight away brings me to my Irish Times bio. So the very first photo that shows up brings to an article that was written by me. So it's straight away, if someone was to search my face, they can find out my name. I guess because, Connor, we work in journalism, our photos, we have headshots that are sitting out there. But I also tested (laughs) searching someone who isn't in journalism, who is my sister, and I found some photos of her that I've never seen. I don't know if she's seen. And there was one of her definitely in a huge crowd of people picked out in what looked like a gig or a rave. And it brought me to a Polish website. It seems pretty reliable, but it kind of it makes me very uncomfortable that someone could just take a photo of me on a bus and or my sister and upload it and then immediately find out my full name if they wanted to. And it just shows how powerful the technology is. It shows how unique your face is. You know, it's basically like a fingerprint. Um, and it shows how powerful this technology uh, has become that it can distinguish, you know, my face from the thousands and thousands of other people who look broadly like me, uh, you know, in the world or in this country. What about scams? I mean, if it's this easy to just take a face and throw it in a website and find out information about a person, what could that create when it comes to things like identity theft yeah i mean you have to imagine this is going to open up uh, a, a huge amount of avenues for identity theft you know just thinking of one example when you lose access to uh, an online account and you lose your password and you have to answer a security question and it might be who was your first uh, teacher or who was your favorite teacher in school you know who was your first pet if you can upload someone's face into a incredibly powerful search engine there's a reasonable chance you can get some of that personal information really extremely easily. And bear in mind, this PIMIS, this particular one, doesn't actually scan social media. So this is this is scanning um, other websites, blogs, news articles, uh, wedding photographers, uh, as you saw there. But you know, uh, applying that technology to social media as well would would make it all the more powerful. And what about issues like? I suppose, vigilante justice or someone who has a, a feeling about someone who lives on their street or someone who lives in their area who might be up to um, undesirable things and they use this tool to track them down. I mean, it, they could be wrong. They could be very wrong. Oh, of course. And that's just one angle. I mean, people will change their name or try to conceal their identity for many reasons, some of them kind of nefarious and some of them for very good reasons. So say if you were a victim of domestic violence and you were 
fleeing your you know you're fleeing a very dangerous situation someone you know you might be going by a assumed identity or you might have even changed your name but if there's any record of you online which there invariably will be someone would be able to determine your identity extremely quickly so the creators of Pimice have said this is for innocent use but it's clear that it's very open to abuse right absolutely uh, i mean i'm just thinking of with my journalism hat on you know if we were so minded in trying to track someone down it would be incredibly useful uh, i should add i haven't used it for that purpose and i don't think the irish times has a policy uh regarding that but i know american newsrooms have started adopting it that's just one angle you mm. know um like debt collectors or um Really, like the, the list is kind of endless. Once you start thinking of mm-hmm. examples, you know, you just think of more people who, who might want to use this. Another fear about facial recognition technology is its abuse by authoritarian governments who are seeking to identify protesters and dissidents. Now, we tested PIMIS on a screenshot of a video featuring Russian citizens who were criticizing the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Speaking in that way could lead to imprisonment. And we are quickly able to identify the names of these speakers. So, I mean, probably the Russian authorities are, are well ahead of the curve in this, but uh, it just shows how vulnerable you are to even expressing your view anonymously in, in, in something as innocuous as a YouTube video. Never suffer the buffer again. Always stay connected with 99.9% reliable Sky Broadband. Whether you're streaming on the sofa, gaming in the bedroom, or swiping in the bathroom. I said swiping. You'll never be without it. Switch your home to 99.9% reliable Sky Broadband. Availability subject to location requires Sky Broadband Ultrafast. For more info, see sky.ie forward slash speeds. 99.9% reliability based on time our broadband network works across our base. Last month, Minister for Justice Helen McEntee announced that she would seek to change the law to allow Ngarda Sheikhana to use facial recognition technology in their work. According to the minister, it would safeguard the precious time in their investigations and help locate vulnerable people. When the announcement was made, the focus was on this was going to be a massive time saver for Gardaí. So if you've got a missing person or if you're investigating a serious crime, uh, oftentimes Gardaí will have to go through thousands and thousands of hours of CCTV footage um, to find evidence. So to try and track a suspect's movements, you know, to put them at the scene of the crime. Or if there's a missing person and they believe they might have walked up this street, they'll have to go through dozens of hours. And, you know, that's a huge amount of time out of uh a guard is day and it really has resource implications. So uh, that's how it was built. It's a system that's used by many other police forces. It's a system that's, that has been welcomed by Gardaí. Predictably, it drew uh, a large amount of criticism from bodies like the Irish Council of Civil Liberties, um, who said, uh, who raised points that, you know, th- this technology is incredibly problematic and has been shown to be so in other countries. Okay, so how was it shown to be problematic in other countries? For example, you know, in one study shows that it, in 80% of the time it was wrong. 80% of the time it was asked to pick out a certain face from uh, a crowd. It it got the wrong face. Um, there's also evidence that it is uh, particularly biased towards non-white skin tones. 
and, and part of that's to do with the algorithm and artificial intelligence uh, behind this technology. Yeah, and it's a problem across uh, lots of areas, technologies. The technology is tested on white people. You know, there isn't uh, provisions made that different skin tones might uh, have different levels of reliability um, in the results that they, they produce. And obviously there's the broader worries of state power and state control that this technology is is going to as we discussed with the with the PIMIS stuff, you know, imagine the guards had that PIMIS thing, but they didn't just have access to uh, every website. They also had access to thousands and uh, millions of hours of uh, CCTV footage, potentially. Now, I should say that the minister has promised that there will be safeguards in place, that this will be GDPR compliant, for example, that uh, there will always be human in the loop. So a guard will have to make a specific decision to deploy facial recognition technology. It won't just be deployed in a very broad, general way. Um, and that there, there will be oversight, that things will have to be signed off on and audited and those kind of usable safeguards. So it's not going to be a free-for-all. You mentioned oversight and human involvement. So what what kind of restrictions do you think would be needed for its use, particularly if we're talking about maybe younger, less experienced Gardaí who would be using this kind of technology? In, in seeking to assuage some of uh, the concerns that were raised, the minister has said that um, there'll be a human rights approach to the technology and that the, you know uh, someone will have to go through some sort of process to be able to apply it. Now, probably not a particularly onerous process, but it won't just be like, here, run his face through the computer. You'll have to have a justification for doing it. And it, it won't be used for, you know, minor crimes like, um, you know, traffic violations or parking tickets mm. or, or that sort of or thing. Connor, what kind of cases do you think this would actually be useful for? Or can you think of any past cases where this technology would have helped? There's two areas, and possibly three, where this could come in extremely useful from a criminal justice point of view. The first one is seeking to stop an act of crime. Um, so I'm just thinking of some of these tragic cases where uh, you get an alert and the guardian would send out an urgent alert that a child has gone missing. They're in a company of an adult and there's serious concern about their safety. There'll be a massive guard of manhunt across the country for this child. And you can see it being very useful there. And, and we've seen these cases where sometimes they've ended very tragically with a parent or an estranged parent taking the lives of the children and taking their own life. So you could see how this might be a way of um, intervening in those situations to stop it. The, the second thing would be as an evidential tool for when a case gets to court. Um, like the last time I was on this podcast, I think we were talking about the Graham Dwyer case. And in that case, you'll remember, and it's been in the news again very recently, Gardaí had to rely on mobile phone cell site data to track Dwyer around the country and to link him to the phone that was linked to Elaine O'Hara, his his victim. Now, the aspects of that uh, system have been struck down uh, by the, the European Court of Justice and are about to be uh, struck down by the Supreme Court. So the the replacement system is going to be much more limited. But this is the potential to kind of replace that because instead of having to track someone like Dwyer's phone or someone like Dwyer as he moves around the country by using the phone cell site data, 
it could actually use CCTV fo- footage and uh, analyze his face mm. as he walks by cameras and, you know, use that in the evidentiary chain. You can see that out. That would be incredibly useful as well. And the third thing would be um, exonerating people. So, um, and this was raised by McEntee as well in making the announcement that if you you could use facial recognition technology to show someone was somewhere completely different from the scene of the crime because they were, we have the technology identifying them walking up O'Connell Street when the murder occurred in Newbridge. Another issue that has attracted controversy, Connor, is the use of live facial recognition technology by police forces. And it's been criticised because of its ability to track people as they go about their business. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so we reported last week that not only are Gardaí going to be able to use this retrospectively, as in, you know, to go through CCTV footage that's already been recorded, they will also be able to deploy it live. So to give you an example of how that might work, um, you'll have a camera there on a busy street. It will record all the people coming up the street. And if it finds out, you know, a face that matches a face of a wanted criminal or a missing person or a missing child, it will almost immediately register that and it will send an alert to a Garda computer system or even a Garda personal device or personal sp- smartphone um, saying this guy has just walked past the camera, you know, go and arrest them or go and save them. And this has been introduced in the same legislation that will bring in body cameras for Gardaí and will also allow Gardaí to access third-party CCTV feeds and will also grant Gardaí greater power to use drones. Now, I uh, we're not sure if Gardaí, if there's any um, plans to have facial recognition technology be used in conjunction with a Garda's body camera or with a drone, for example, but uh, you, you can see how the door has been open to that. So potentially, and, you know, we're probably talking years down the road, uh, you could be walking by a guard, your face, you know, is captured by their body camera. The guard's phone buzzes and say, that guy's wanted for a crime or that guy looks like someone who's uh, <laughs> who's wanted for a crime. So like the, the implications are pretty vast. You know, there's obviously a huge amount of technology will have to be purchased and they'll be trained up in it. And the sources I spoke to did emphasize that the live use of the technology will only be for those situations where there's an immediate threat to life or, or, or someone's safety or national security. So it will be uh, quite uh, narrow or at least at first, um, and we know how these things can change over time. Recently, a poll study revealed that a majority of Irish people do not trust the Irish government. And it's often said that we live in an age of mistrust, particularly after the events of the pandemic. Even if the authorities or the Gardaí here only use this technology within the strictest parameters, won't many people feel that this is a power that they do not want to see in the hands of the authorities whom they might fundamentally mistrust? Yeah, and the worries are, there's two worries, right? One, that it'll work too well. So that example I said to you about it being used to um, find a, a missing child who they believe to be in danger, if that proves to be successful, it's going to make people a lot more accepting of the technology and no one's going to probably argue against its use in situations like that uh, when there's, you know, immediate risk to a child. 
Uh, but the fear is then it'll be the thin end of the wedge and it'll be used for maybe less serious crimes. And then it might be even used for people who aren't criminals at all. So in the UK, the College of Policing, which issues guidelines for the use of uh, technology like facial recognition te- technology, has said that in certain circumstances, it can be used to search for witnesses to crimes that, that they want to speak to or victims of crimes that they, they want to come forward. So already you can see the use being expanded. I'm always a little bit skeptical of uh, slippery slope arguments, but you can see how it might be a concern here if it's shown to work extremely well for a particularly serious crime you can see how it there might be more support and more scope for using it for less serious crimes and then of course there's the other end of it is that it doesn't work well enough and that's where you've got these problems where facial recognition technology is being used to identify the wrong people and could potentially form part of a the very worst thing someone going to jail for for a crime they didn't commit or 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 at least been hassled by the guardie just because they happened to walk by a camera and happened to look like someone who who did uh, commit a crime do you think the rollout of facial recognition technology could also become fodder for conspiracy theories well it's it's not going to do anything for uh, the levels of trust between society and the government and people who are already suspicious of the government rightly or wrongly um you know coming out of the pandemic uh for example uh it's not going to help their trust i mean there's people who saw um government measures to uh, uh to st- stem the spread of covid-19 as just a way of uh, spreading government control and this introduction face of recognition technology uh coming in on the heels of that uh even if the two are completely unrelated isn't going to do anything to change their minds and yeah you could see how it might even win over a few more converts to that particular point of view so yeah it's another level of i suppose coercion might be too strong a word but it's another level of you know, even if the government say it's only going to be used in very particular circumstances, it is another level of uh, state monitoring and state control. Conor Gallagher, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. That's all for today. This episode was produced by Declan Conlon, Suzanne Brennan and Jennifer Ryan. In the news, we'll be back on Wednesday.